Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, everyone. We are so excited about this episode today. Today, here with me, I have three very special guests. I would call them experts. They would probably not call themselves experts, but I'm here with them today, and I I cannot wait to get into this conversation. We're going to be talking about parenting teenagers. Yes, you heard that correctly, parenting teenagers. And today, here with me on Beyond Sunday is Kevin Miller and Darla, his wife, and Philip Costa. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you and tell uh, tell you guys about who they are, what they do, and why we're here. All right. So my name's Kevin Miller, and I'm on staff here on the discipleship team at Bethlehem Church. Um, and I'm also currently working full-time at a place called Eagle Ranch uh, that is a... Uh, a facility for to help families um, improve on their communication skills, and and we work with troubled teens, and uh, we've been doing that for almost three and a half years, and we will finish our full time t- there in May, and then we'll be here completely full time at Bethlehem. Um, so, Darla, I'll let you talk about our kids, maybe. All right. Well, I am Darla Miller, and I currently am a house mom at Eagle Ranch. And we, as Kev said, we've been there almost three and a half years. Um, we have two of our own children, and um, both of them are married now. And um, our oldest actually has two children of her own. So we are in the grandparenting stage. And they all come to Bethlehem. They do. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And my name is Philip Costa. I am the counselor. Uh, in Kevin and Darla's home and another home uh, on the ranch and work uh, with the families and the kids and counseling them. So And Philip, you also worship at uh, Bethlehem I, Church, I do. Right? You're a my member wife here. and I and uh, my girls. So. Awesome. So the way Eagle Ranch works is that every home has a counselor, and Philip is the counselor at the Grace Home where we live and where we work. And so we he's our team leader, so we sit around each week and talk through what's going on and how we can help parents and how we can help teens. And uh, he's just a great resource. So, yeah. um, and it's taught us a lot about ourselves That's and awesome. then about parenting as well. So, yeah. well, thank you. thank you guys for being on this episode. I am so excited. And I have to say that the inspiration for this episode may be slightly selfish uh, because I have, I'm the proud parent in June, I will have four teenagers under one roof. And I don't know, like at the time, we thought maybe having four kids <laughs> close together was a good idea. <laughs> and it is. It's wonderful. But, you know, it's it's funny because as we've gone through the different ages, uh, we've seen, you know, we're, we're di- through different seasons. And I kind of feel some days like I have my own Eagle Ranch. Um, you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, but they're great kids. And we had four kids really close together in five years. So when my oldest was five, our youngest was born. And, uh, and at the time, when they were little, we felt really overwhelmed with toddlers. And we used to think, oh, things will get so much easier when they get older. How many times have you guys heard that? Mm-hmm. We've said <laughs> it. We've said it. Yeah, we've said it. We've all said it. Like, 
it, things will get so much easier when they get older. And I, I've kind of made that realization recently that my house was so much cleaner when they were toddlers. Like, I don't mm. know how that's even possible. But now that they're teenagers, it's just, it's like chaos all the time. Um, our schedule was not as hectic and um, they're easier to control when they're little. And I've made that realization recently. So that kind of leads us to our discussion today and what we're going to be talking about, like these two ideas that as parents that we deal with, the idea of control versus training. So Kevin, yeah, you want so, to talk about that? Well, every phase as, as you parent and you're you're going through it and we're still parenting adults, which is just a different phase mm-hmm. and has different challenges. But as we go through this, every, every phase of parenting has its challenges. And for us, I just remember... Um, like we had to do everything for our firstborn when she came home from the hospital. Mm-hmm. She couldn't do anything. Useless, completely useless. <laughs> and we changed That's diapers. So so she was cute. But, we, but, but she couldn't do anything. And then I remember when they were getting a little older and take them to the beach. This is summer's coming up. And I remember the gear, just the equipment yes. that it mm. took yes. just to it get from the hotel room just to get out there for an hour. And then and I didn't, you know, take them to the mall and I didn't do that as much near as much as Darla did. But um, just all the equipment and then had that same thought that once they get a little older, this is going to be easy. Um, they can carry their own chairs or they can carry their own diaper bags or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, at, at 16, if they're still carrying their own diaper bags, we Might have other have issues that we have to talk about. Have to come see me. But all the equipment started to go away. But then it got there were different challenges. And I think some of the challenges included this idea that they're becoming adults and we're starting to lose control. Yes. Um, one of the key verses that everybody, I don't know that it's just in Christian circles, but it's in the Bible is Proverbs 22, 6. So many people go to that, whether they're Christians or not. It says, mm-hmm. train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mm. And that's a really short verse. And if you could just like print that on a T-shirt and say, if you'll just do this, it's going to be okay. That would be great. But we know uh, that's not the way it works. And so I, I think it's great to have just all of us here together to talk through this because uh, parents with teenagers, it is a struggle mm-hmm. and it's a challenge. And so with that verse in mind, um, I I just throw it out there. Why is that so hard, Philip? Maybe you can speak to this. That that it says just to train up a child, and he'll he'll go the way we want him to go, mm-hmm. or the way he's supposed to go. It doesn't feel like that's always the case. How, why is that so difficult? I think it really boils down to that we have a sin problem as mm-hmm. pride, and we want to control. We want to manage the unmanageable. We want to control the uncontrollable, and it just feeds that fear and kind of goes back to the Garden of Eden. We want to know that knowledge of good and evil. We want to have the answers and we want to know the outcome. And so if they seem to start veering away from what we perceive as, quote, success for their life, it's like, oh, I can't have this. You know, so we get mm. get very fearful and we want to control. And the more you control, the more they rebel. Uh, I think we say this all the time, rules without relationship equals rebellion. And so in teenagers, they're they're trying to figure out who I am. That's their basic question from 12 to 18. Uh, Eric Erickson talks about that in like the stages of development, you know, identity versus confusion. So it's just who am I trying to figure out my social um, belongingness and who I am in Christ and who I am. You know, who am I going to be when I grow up? All these questions and all these things are um, swirling around them. And so we, 
you know, I think just human nature, we're trying to um, keep them from making those same mistakes that we made when we grew up. Uh, But it just really comes down to whether we're going to choose to really have faith that God is in control or or we're going to, I think a YouTube um, lyric was, are we going to walk or walk him across the street? walk across God like he's a little old lady or something, you know, like (laughs) we're going to trust him that he's big enough um, or do we feel like we have to take control? Um, Something you said that that struck me is you you said the word fear. And I think as parents, and I unfortunately didn't learn this until my kids were out of the house and I started working at Eagle Ranch. When I look at the feelings of why I struggle with control, it is about fear. Um, greatest fears that my child would fail or greatest fears that people would think bad about me as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of the challenge that, that we work through. Um, let me ask you a question, though. Help, help us define this. What is the difference between training and control? I think I'm going to use that uh, example that I shared um, um, during a parent group recently. And this is uh, John Ortberg, and God is closer than I think he is. Um when you bowl, you know, you... I don't you, bowl, but... Well, people bowl. <laughs> when one bowls. <laughs> when, when someone bowls, they they get the bowling ball, they, you know, get the nice shoes, and, and they do all the right techniques, or at least what they know to do, right? And then they release the ball down the, the whatever they call it, that. Um, yeah. uh, the and, lane. Yeah, there you go. See, I bowl a lot, as you can tell. <laughs> but I think that, so you're training, you you train your body, you know, those professional bowlers, they can hit a strike one after the other, and they've really, really worked on that. But they don't go chase the ball uh, and try to, like, if it starts to veer in a way that they don't want it, they don't, like, go and stop everything. We're going to redo that. No, it's like once it's released in that art of letting go, it's out of your hands Mm -hmm. and you've done what you can do. Um, So it's one, releasing it and then trusting. So that's training. The control would be trying to like manage every little thing of, you know, the temperature in the room and the wind and all the things that you want to try to make that go a certain way um that's really good yeah it, i picture um so we should we should real quick go around the room so and we'll start with darla since she's a professional bowler um, <laughs> right when you go bowling i've been bowling with you a lot of times over the last 27 years um when you release the ball what do you do um i stand there and watch it and see where it doesn't go because it usually doesn't go to the pins <laughs> it doesn't go where you want it to right go. <laughs> so i when i release the ball i'm a leaner I start to lean like I need it to turn in another mm-hmm. direction. Uh, what do you do, Angela? Uh, I do the same thing. I well, and then I, I kind of I jump up and down <laughs> frantically and hope that it's going to go where I want it to go, but it doesn't usually. It goes off in the gutter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <laughs> say a silent prayer. <laughs> yeah. If I get the random strike or the random pin that actually falls, I'm like very yeah uh, exuberant. Feel and lucky. Yeah. Celebrate. <laughs> celebrate, and and I might 
mumble some unpleasant words if I don't get it <laughs> to go yeah. the right way. And then there's the people who who are in the lane next to us that talk to the ball. Come on, come on, yeah. to the left, yes. to the left, yeah. to the left. Yeah. yeah, like that encouragement is going to help, and maybe it would help when it comes to parenting. But it doesn't change the direction that the ball's going Mm-mm. at all. Mm. Um, and so that that is a great analogy for control versus training. So what does training actually look like in a family setting? Well, we use um, choice consequence model, which uh, Candace Couch and Greg Smith talk about in choosing to train. Um, it's it's very explicit um, and very clear, and the choices are laid out, and they're, the kids don't have to guess. So if you're late for curfew, let's say, um, the consequence is already preset and discussed and agreed upon. Um, And then the parent's job is just to follow through. I'm sorry you made that choice. Um, You know, the consequence is, you know, you're not allowed to go out with your friends for the next two days or or whatever the agreed upon um, parent first and then the child that, you know, it's a discussion. Um, but yeah, that's a practical, it's, it's posted in the home and kids don't have to guess at it. The kid, the parents don't have to then, um, use controlling tactics such as yelling, um, shaming after all that I did for you, you're coming in late. I was worried sick. All those things that you try to get them to make that right choice. You want them to make the right choice. And it's just being, you're trying to be emotionally differentiated from their choices and not take their choices personally. And that's the art of what we do. (laughs) You know, I think when our children are little, we do everything to protect them. We put outlet covers on the outlets. We, you know, put guards on all the cabinets. <clears throat> Those are boundaries that we put for our kids, but our teenagers need boundaries just as well. They mm-hmm. thrive under structure, even though they're going to push back on it. Mm-hmm. They realize that they need it just as much as teenagers. Why do you think that's so hard for parents to allow some of these natural consequences to happen? Why, you know, we, we and I, speaking from my own experience as a parent, I want to shield them mm-hmm. as much as possible from from feeling those consequences. Why talk about that? Why why that's so hard? My a lot of my work um, at Eagle Ranch is um, working with the parents to, to for that very question, mm-hmm. and it's not a um, a quick um, answer. It's it really comes down to how you see the world mm-hmm. and how you grew up. Um, so I lean in on, okay, what, what is your worst, you know, fear? Um, what are you trying to keep them from? Um, and we talk about grid, but it's really about the way you see mm-hmm. uh, the world and your perspective. Um, so that's, I think it just comes down to, we won't, we won't control and it, it, comes in a lot of different ways and there's different parenting styles that are at play and um and then that your birth order and you know whether you're the um only child firstborn middle last born um you're going to relate and communicate and connect um at different levels with different children of your 
of their birth order. So it's all interconnected. Right. So. And it really goes back again, we're talking about that control, which is the root of that is fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for what- me personally, um, it's the fear of the outcome. And I think I have the personality of being a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want people to think that I'm ill-equipped right. to raise these children, or I have this fear that people are going to look at me as if I don't know what I'm doing. And parenting is hard. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. Yeah. And as you talk about the consequences and why that's so hard for parents to let those consequences play out, um, again, with some of the techniques that we use at Eagle Ranch, like Philip said, all the all the choices and all the consequences are on the board, and they're pretty general, so we can make them fit how we need to, um, but they know what they are, and it's, so it's already predetermined. And so those consequences really aren't that serious. They may have to sit on the porch for doing something, or they may have to go to bed early for as a consequence. Mm-hmm. But the choices that they're making that result in those consequences, those choices are never going to change for their entire life, whether it's about lying or integrity or whatever character flaw it is or whatever choice it is. Those choices are going to follow them. It's going to be the same choices as they grow older, mm-hmm. but the consequences mm-hmm. are going to change a whole lot as they get older, mm-hmm. as right. they become adults. So we want them to learn those consequences, you know, learn that their choices have consequences early because in the home, that is the place that God set up that Mm -hmm. we can show a whole lot of grace Mm -hmm. because the world doesn't show that same grace when they leave us. So that's, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're going to fail, if they're going to mess up in your home is the place you want them to mess up. What a a great gift that God would let us Mm -hmm. watch them mess up and and coach them and walk with them and train them so that they understand that their, their choices down the road, the consequences are going to be a lot different. Yeah. That's, so good. So that leads us to our next question, which is, what if I completely blow it as a parent? What then? Well, what I'd encourage families first off when they they come in feeling like failures, like we've come to the end of our ropes. We don't know what else to do. We've tried, you know, outpatient counseling and and all these other things that they've tried before they get to Eagle Ranch. And so they they come in very hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they're believers, I try to encourage them by the fact that, you know, our Heavenly Father um, had the very perfect environment um, for His children, Adam and Eve, um, provided everything for their success. Mm-hmm. And they ch- still chose rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did He do? He he asks, hey, where are you at? You know, when mm-hmm. they hid, he authentically engaged them in relationship. Mm-hmm. They had the fig leaves. He made even something better, The, um, you know, a wow. nice fur coat, you know. So um, <laughs> when they blow it uh, or when you blow it, uh, you can take yourself off that hook thinking, oh, I got to get it all right. God... Um, had his children rebel. So if like, okay, yeah, um, we're, we're going to mess up. Um, And something uh, with Joshua Straub, he came to speak at the ranch uh, a few years ago and he has um, a book called Safe House. And he talks about like, even if we get it right 40% of the time, Mm. um, the children still will have a favorable outcome, favorable success. 
but it's that 60% of the time when we go back to them and say, hey, I blew it, I messed mm-hmm. up, and and you model grace, you model um, forgiveness, model humility mm-hmm. for them, yeah. and uh, you get down on their level and and say, you know, I, I'm sorry, I, Dad's working on trying to, I'm, I'm using myself an example, sure. like um, I'm working on trying to not yell when I'm angry, would you please forgive me? Um, now let's talk about what happened when, you know, you disrespected. And it's just a conversation. Right. Um, of course, they still have to do the consequence. But uh, I'm sometimes I'll send them to the porch. I'll write it on their board in 10 minutes. And they storm out. And then, you know, i am got the clock set. And I'll walk out after eight minutes is up. And I'll sit down with them and... Well, just talk a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so it's that repair mm-hmm. is so key. That's awesome. That 40% idea is very freeing mm-hmm. as a Isn't parent. It? That's right. awesome. We use that all the time. So uh, I, I am not an expert at very much at all, but I am an expert at blowing it when it comes <laughs> um, to parenting. And especially now, I blew it with my own kids and God's grace was greater, uh, more than sufficient. And then in these boys that live in our home over the last three and a half years, you know, some of the triggers for me is if you disrespect my wife, it gets all over me and mm. I, I I blow it. So one of the things that we have an advantage of is that there's two of us, Darla and I together. And Darla, um, there's been more than once that I've been blowing it, letting a kid have it, talking to him about the decision he's making and the disrespect I feel and and whatever it is. And it, it turns into where it's really not about his behavior. It's about something inside of me. Mm-hmm. And Darla will walk up behind me and pull the old wrestling move and we'll, she'll, she'll touch my shoulder, which is a tap out <laughs> yep. and where she recognizes that, Hey, you just got hooked and you are in an emotional place and your brain is not functioning right, Man. right now. And you need to let me take over. And I've, it, it takes a while, but I've learned that when she touches me on my shoulder, um, when I'm talking to one of the, one of the boys that that's my cue to back away take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, Again, because I'm become an expert at blowing it, I've become an expert at mending that relationship. It doesn't undo some of the things, the hurtful things that we say. It doesn't take some of those consequences away, mm-hmm. but it puts us back in a position where we can have a relationship. And I do care about you, and I do love you, and I want the best for you. And you can see that it's hard because I blow it too, and we can be vulnerable with each other and show humility and grace. So that's great. Um, I'm not an expert at much, but I, I'm a really good expert. At <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. I'm, I'm as you're as you're talking, I'm remembering conversations that I've had. You know, my kids range range from uh, almost 13 to 18, and I've had many conversations with my 18 year old recently, kind of in that same um, in that same area. She's she's figuring things out and you know becoming an adult, and so we're you know we're kind of going through that too, where I blow it a lot more than she does, really, So, <laughs> if, if I'm being honest. So what if my kid, you know, as they're growing up and as they're you know, making decisions, more and more decisions on their own, what if my kid turns away from God or goes in another direction that I don't approve of? What, mm. what then? Um, I think of the prodigal son. Um, you know, your, your child is going to to make their own choices. And that is something that's um, frightening and exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, um, they're, I think, um, 
Pastor Matt um, said, yes, you know, on Sunday, like I would, my fear is that my child will be this fake legalist, you know, just yeah. kind of pretending. So I think owning their faith mm-hmm. and um, kind of experiencing Christ uh, for who he is when they're ready. Um, that readiness to change is very much um, real. The pace of change is unique to everybody. Um, and, you know, we say all the time, you know, we, we, we plant the seed, we, we weed the garden, um, you know, we water, but God makes it grow. Mm-hmm. And every seed has its own germination process. Um, and so if it looks like they're turning away or it looks like God's still at work mm-hmm. and, and so we can have faith and trust that the Lord is at work and moving and pray and never stop looking over the horizon just as the prodigal son father did. Um, and again, just try um, prayerfully try to um, believe that it's it's. It's not a personal attack on you. I think sometimes right. parents feel like they're doing this to me after you know, all the vacation Bible schools and <laughs> children's camp. And now they're listening to that rap music and they're doing things that, but they're just, again, going back to that stage of development they're in, their brains are not fully formed. Mm-hmm. For one, mm-hmm. uh, at 25, research says that your brain is fully formed. So right. it's going to take a little time for them to kind of own their faith and you just being faithful to the process and being authentically engaged in that relationship. And so he, they want to come home mm-hmm. to you, mm-hmm. you know. I think about that all the time. Like as my daughter just turned 18, you know, we give them the right to vote and mm-hmm. you know, they're driving cars and making decisions and their brains aren't fully developed yet <laughs> right. until they're 25. So that's yeah. a – but what you're saying, Philip, is so great. I'm just thinking of like what is God's response to this? How does he respond as a father in the story of Adam and Eve and in the prodigal son? It's always grace. Mm-hmm. It's always forgiveness. It's always love. And that is very comforting to me. And I don't always respond that way. But just looking to that as my example, keeping that as our – as our goal. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's great. And I think behind every behavior, even the behavior of walking away from Christ in a relationship with Him, there's a need that isn't fulfilled in that child. Mm -hmm. And so if we talk about and talk to them and try to find out what that need is, a lot of times we can get to the root of the behavior. If we Mm -hmm. just focus on the behavior, a lot of times we don't see the need Mm -hmm. of that child. That's really good. Yeah. We look, try to encourage parents to look underneath that behavior. Mm-hmm. What are they trying to communicate through that behavior? Mm-hmm. What are they feeling? A lot of times it's hurt, um, you know, rejection, mm-hmm. um, fear, and you just try to connect to that heart and not connect to the head. The logical, if the logical mind tries to connect to the heart, mm-hmm. it's it doesn't work. <laughs> and it also is this idea in counseling, even in like marriage counseling or whatever, if you're constantly pointing a finger and saying, oh, the problem is you, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I think maybe teenagers feel that way or parents, we, we kind of look at them and they look at us and we're mm-hmm. pointing fingers. 
nothing ever, no, nothing's ever going to be solved. Mm-hmm. But Darla, what you said about the need, you know, there are legitimate needs mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. both sides, parent and child. And so if we address those needs, that's where healing and, you know, we can, we can really make progress. Right. right? And when key though, is that you can't do that in the heat of the moment mm. um, when the, the brain is not functioning well and, and either the parent or, and, or the child are, are hooked and they're emotionally charged at each other. That's not the time to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. There has yeah. to be a time away. And then you can look under under that level and start to identify what those needs right. are and what those feelings are um, so that you can point, again, that how Christ can meet those needs and those feelings in, in both of us and all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the idea, that concept of tapping out <laughs> in, a, in a wrestling, you know, in a wrestling match and, the, and that idea of our feelings or uh, emotions getting hooked. Because that, that happens. That's so real in the mm-hmm. heat of the moment. And you're like that fish just being pulled along mm. and you're not thinking straight. And yeah. Talk about no control either. You're, <laughs> you know, you've lost control at that point. Mm-hmm. So. I do think as we have this conversation, I, there are there are people who go to this church and people who don't go to this church that will be listening to this who are in that moment where they're, they feel like their children have walked away mm-hmm. and they're they're struggling and and I we just we want to make sure that they're encouraged to know that their job is to train mm-hmm. and to plant and to water and God does all the growth Amen. he produces all of that and he loves our children more than we love them mm-hmm. and we love them a lot m- most of the time um, but he loves them more than we love them all the time right. and, and right. he has great plans for them and even when we don't believe that he's working he's still working and mm-hmm. we can trust that for sure that's so good well, that's uh, any any final thoughts, any wisdom or resources that you guys want to pass along to our listeners. I've kind of mentioned throughout the one that I didn't, one that I think if choosing to train is the infrastructure, I think uh, families where grace is in place is kind of the sheetrock and mm. the pretty pictures on the wall. It's the heart kind of behind it. It's uh, by Jeff von Vondren, and it's, it's really good. It just talks about having creating that safe place of uh free of manipulation and shame Mm. and where it's more that grace-filled relationship um so that's great well y'all i cannot thank you enough uh i'm going to be listening to this over and over again as a parent uh to remind myself of the great uh wisdom and the resources that y'all have shared with us today so thank you so much for joining us today thank you thank you And thank you for listening, as always, to Beyond Sunday, and have a great week, and we'll see you next time.